Well, Church, um, I, I'm so excited to be introducing some close friends of mine. Uh, name, their names are Josh and Mandy Wheeler. They're uh, missionaries in the Middle East. We can't give you the exact location. We'll just say that uh, it is in Turkey, somewhere in Turkey. Um, the area that they serve in is uh, most 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 of it is uh, Muslim, around 99% Muslim. Um, they are doing a lot of incredible work out there. They've planted a church, a, I think a couple of churches. And so what I've asked them to do is to give you a little picture of, of their life. Uh, I know you don't know them. I know that it might be a little unfamiliar. But if you stick through the 20, 25 minutes or so of what they're going to share, uh, I pray that you begin to see that God uses regular people to do God's great work. Okay, let, let me say that again. God uses regular people to do God's great work. And, and, and as you hear their testimony, um, you know, you're going to hear part of their heart, part of what they've done and what they continue to do. And, and so it's mostly a testimony. And, and I think sometimes we need that, you know, to show us that uh, it is God who really does the great work of missions and, and that we all we are servants. And so I pray that it encourages you as you listen to their testimony uh, and, and as, as we pray at the very end. And, and so before we even dive into their testimony, uh, I did want to just share a brief word with you as we prepare for, for what they're going to share. And it is found in Psalm 117. So if you have your uh, Bibles or if you have your uh, phone, would you slide it over to Psalm 117? And in this verse, you know, it's one of the uh, one of the shortest uh, chapters uh, in, in in the Bible. Really, you see a very simple declaration of God's faithfulness, of God's praise in the world. When we think about you know the the, the reason for missions, and when we think about why do people do what we do, why is it that the gospel of Jesus must go into hard places? Why can't I just stay home? and live my comfortable American life, right? And the reason is because he must be worshipped. In fact, the trajectory of the Bible is that Jesus will be worshipped in the book of Revelation by every nation, tribe, and tongue. And so when we look at the end and we see him being worshipped, then that forms and informs our vision for our lives. And it is the fact that we are to follow this, to have a passion for the supremacy of Jesus and the worship of Jesus, not just here, but in the world. And so let me read to you this passage as it really proclaims this um, of, of the world. And, and so this is Psalm 117. It says, praise the Lord, all the nations, okay, not just America, right, but all the nations, extol him all peoples. Can you hear what that means? It means all people groups, uh, from Americans to Latin people to African Americans to Asians, okay, to, to all types of people are going to praise the Lord. Manifest the, the worship of God, not just us here in Garwood, but all peoples. And look at verse 2. It tells us the reason. It says, For great is His steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever watch how it ends praise the lord ultimately what the nations are crying out for it's not a political change trust me that's not what they're crying out for they're not crying out uh for for better uh you know uh, government they're not crying out for more financial uh, prosperity that's what comes out through their mouths but you know what they're crying out really they're crying out for a savior the entire world is crying out for a savior, for help that government cannot give them, 
that, that health services cannot give them, that financial stability cannot give them. The only security the world has is God. And it is through the man Christ who has come, given his life, given us possession of eternal life, it, it is through him that we have this true secure uh, salvation. And so in this passage in Psalm 117, we see that uh, this praising of God is not just of one little nation, but is of all the nations. And, and so when we think about uh, the world of missions and the mission of God to the world, as we're going to hear of this couple, you know, living really a mundane, typical, normal life uh, in another country, yet full of difficulties, the ultimate purpose of their doing that, of them doing that, is so that God may be praised. Okay, think about that. What if our lives looked like that? What if your life, what if your job, what if everything we did had the ultimate purpose of magnifying God, of giving Jesus the glory that others may see that God is worthy of all their affection? And, and, and so that is the end goal of missions. That the missions exists because worship does not. And we don't mean musical worship. Not at all. We mean worship of the heart. Worship that is obedient to Jesus. And, and that's a worship that happens only when people leave the comfort of their homes to do great work in other places. And so it, it is for this reason that I've invited them for you to hear a little testimony of their lives. And so I'm going to come back on the other side and pray for us as we close uh, their testimony. Amen, church. So let me let me pray again. Father, thank you that uh, you're using these servants, jo Josh and Mandy, and really the other ministries that are over there, like YWAM, Frontier Alliance International, uh, Pioneers Missions, uh, they're doing great work there. Uh, I, I pray, God, that uh, you may strengthen laborers and send out, for, send out, Lord, more laborers. Father, we pray for Garwood, Lord, to have a, a global vision, Lord, for missions, and not just us here in our building. Lord, let us see way beyond what we can see and see what you see uh, as people need the gospel and need Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Lord, we ask you that as we hear this testimony, we may be touched and, and we may be challenged, Lord, uh, to see our role and our place in your story. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Cross, hey, Cross Fellowship! We're the Wheelers serving in Turkey. I'm Josh. I'm Mandy. I'm Hava. I'm Zach. We're so glad that we could share with you guys today. Um, we were hoping that it would be in person as we had a trip scheduled to the States this summer. Um, but since we can't travel, I'm grateful that we can still at least share and connect with you guys in this way. So I was going to start us off first um, by sharing about how we were called and initially sent here to Turkey. So we've been here in Turkey for a little over seven years. Um, and we felt the call and the opportunity opened up to move to Turkey in the beginning of 2012. And um, about a year after that, in February 2013, we moved here. And um, the beginning of that time, was spent with our dear Bellacrest family who we love and we're so thankful that we have that connection with you guys. Um, so that's the, the gist, you know, we, were, we felt the call in 2012 and we came. Um, and I wanted to give a little bit more of a background though, that what led up to that and how we um, 
felt that call and how we responded to it. So basically, um, my testimony in a nutshell is I was raised in the church. I have, um, my dad is a pastor and I was raised going to church my whole life. And then in my early twenties, I sort of fell away and just went on, um, a detour. So, um, during that time I came back to the Lord and recommitted my life to him. And, um, that's kind of like the, the, um, my testimony in a nutshell. And then Josh, um, for him, he was, um, you know, radical, more of a radical conversion and a total, um, just giving of his life to the Lord. He had been, um, in drugs and, and lots of, um, kind of heavier stuff and was raised in a Catholic setting. Um, and then he, um, came to know Jesus and just gave his whole life to him and started following him from that day and hasn't stopped since, praise the Lord. So, um, so that's kind of our testimonies. And so during my college years, when I recommitted my life to the Lord, I went on a trip in 2009 to China. And that was my first international um, missions trip. And it was really um, eye-opening for me. It was so exciting. And I just got this um, desire to do more things like that. And I just, it's really when I feel like the call to international missions began on my heart. Um, so I started praying into that then. And I said, Lord, okay, if this is where you want to have me, I'm willing, I'm open. And at the same time, I started praying for a husband. It was right before I met Josh. And then we met. And Josh, um, his heart was local church. He was really um, driven to be in America and to just build up the, the American church. And he had a heart for inner city children and things like that. So um, we were not sure how that would fit together, but we felt the um, peace to get married and we did. And it's, um, so we, we, we just started serving in the local church in Marietta, Georgia, which is where our home church is. And um, I'm really grateful for that time because it really helped. I think the Lord was trying to show me personally just to slow down and, um, you know, serve in the mundane. Of course, going overseas is exciting. It's, you know, kind of seems like this big thing and I wanted to do big stuff. Um, but the Lord was sort of working in me some humility and, re and reminding me or even just teaching me for the first time that um, being a believer is the same no matter where you are. And it's um, serving him. And so um, I was working an office job and Josh was a CNA at a nursing home. And we were just doing that. We were doing our thing there. Still had um, these, for me, this, this little aching and burning to do stuff internationally, but I wasn't sure what that meant or how that would be because there are so many opportunities to, you know, to give or to go on short-term trips. So um, again, I just feel like it was a time where we could just be a light where we were and kind of be sensitive and open to what the Lord was saying with his timing and where he wanted us. Um, because like I said, global missions is awesome and it is needed and local church is needed. So it's just these two things that the Lord had put in both of us. Um, and the whole, yeah, just the aching of the harvest is plenty and the workers are few and thinking of being a representation of Jesus where he's not that represented was, um, a burning on my heart. And so, yeah, I just kind of chilled out for a little bit. We were doing our thing in Marietta. Um, and then around that time, Josh also 
started feeling like the Lord was speaking to him. He just kept hearing that he was going to be a pastor of a church. And so um, we started looking into schools, and we were just going to try and move forward and see where the Lord led us. Again, just being open and sensitive to his um, speaking and leading over our life. Um, and then that's when the opportunity for Turkey came up because Turkey really wasn't on our radar. Um, I had gone to China and Josh had also had opportunities to go overseas and serve, but he didn't feel like it was the right time or the right place. Um, but when Turkey popped up on the scene, we just felt kind of like a conviction to go and just, um, we felt it was the Lord speaking to us. So that whole next year, we spent time praying with our small groups, um, meeting with our church leaders, um, and just kind of preparing and, and um, doing trainings and things like that. Um, and through all that, the Lord just started to provide and confirm that, that this is where we were supposed to be and go. Um, and just through his word and prayer, we just, yeah, we just felt that tug on our hearts and that confirmation. So that's how we got here on the ground to Turkey. Um, and so we're sent out through our local church in Marietta, and we still are to this day. Um, and I just began to see it really is that simple of just loving God and loving people where you're at. And now the thing with Global Missions that is unique and special is that it is um, doing that, but on in a completely different setting and not in your normal, not in your comfort zone. So in that way, um, it does make challenges a little bit... Uh, I don't know, more, it stings more or it's just a little bit more frustrating because you're not, you don't completely understand everything or, um, you know, you're really just a foreigner in a foreign land. Um, so it just adds a, an extra layer of challenge and also just requires some different types of sacrifices that we've walked through, um, which has been hard. And, but the, the amazing thing about that is through the challenges, um, just remembering, okay, the Lord called us here, and he spoke to us to come. We said yes, and we came. Um, and just reminding ourselves of his goodness and that he's faithful. He, he's faithful to call us, and he's faithful to sustain us and continue to carry us through that calling until he sees fit. So, um, so yeah, so um, definitely I wanted to say that with the challenging piece, um, it's gotten tough. And being far from family and our church home and everything that we know, but what has kept us here, um, again, it's not the exciting different culture, which is awesome, and, um, or even the love for the people, because that stuff is fun and it's great. It's definitely an added bonus, but even that can, can run dry or go cold because um, the exciting culture or fun things that we once enjoy can turn annoying or frustrating because it's different and it's not... Um, are normal, but what has continued to sustain us over and over is God's grace and his calling to come. Um, and again, his faithfulness to provide for us and to um, carry us through. Um, and even just focusing on his love for us and his love for this people. Um, because while we have a love for this people, his love is so much greater. And that's really what has um, given us peace and strength to continue here. So, um, Praise God that he did bring us here and that he's carried us here um, and until he sees fit. So that's kind of the story of um, how we were called and brought to Turkey. Um, 
and just I'm thankful and praise him for his provision through his people, through both the church here and the churches in America, um, and how we've just been supported through prayer and finances and encouragement, um, and through his word and his spirit. So, um, yeah, that's that's how we were sent. And now um, Josh is going to come share more about what we're currently doing um, and our update from from where we're at now. So. Hey guys, yeah, I wanted to share with you uh, our ministries here, and there's a couple things that have been overarching ever since the beginning. One of them, first and foremost, is Ephesians 2.10, and that's we've been created in advance to do good works that we would find out what those are and walk into them. And that's been a big thing for us, is also helping people here to understand that passage and then helping them walk into that as well. So whether that was language learning or currently uh, pastoring a church, all of that stuff, we wanted to kind of use that as our base. The other big thing that's the overarching uh, thing in our ministry, which I'm pretty sure I talked to Omar about this even six years ago or whatever, was a John the Baptist ministry. And that kind of sounds weird because his uh, ministry kind of ended up with his head on a plate, but in the sense that we wanted to decrease why Jesus increased in this land, and specifically why he increased through the uh, Turkish nationals here in this land. And so Mandy and I's prerogative ever since the beginning has been, let's do what we need to now to set up for us to become less and less in the future. And with that in the forefront of our mind is, Again, whether it's language learning or currently pastoring a church, it's always been, okay, how is it that we become less in Jesus more through the Turkish people? Uh, it's looked a lot different over the years. So the first couple of years that we were here, uh, this was after Omar and Garcia left, but literally we would try to share the gospel with this broken, horrible Turkish. Like we didn't know very much, but we had, I'm an evangelist, and I just wanted to share the gospel with everybody. And we had to, we're not telling fib when we say this, we said we're not going to share the gospel anymore because it always ended up in this one spot. And it would be, how does the holy God have sexual relations with a woman? And we would say he didn't, uh, but we couldn't explain it. And it was really frustrating for us. It was really frustrating for the Turkish people. And so we said, let's just love them by being around them. And if they have questions, we'll answer them, but we're not really going to evangelize them until we can defend the gospel. And that probably came for me about, I don't know, two and a half years later. I found We went through multiple language teachers, and then I found one who's been my language teacher for, I don't know, five years, up to five years, maybe four or five years. And through the process of taking language with her at first, grammar, and just learning words, as our relationship deepened and as our responsibilities grew in the church, then we started doing spiritual stuff together. And currently today, she's probably helped me with like over 70 sermons, which kind of leads into our next ministry thing, at least for me, a big thing that I do or have been doing since... The last time we were back in the States is I came um, back and 
I wanted to start writing a book uh, specifically on some things that we saw that weren't available in the Turkish uh, language. And so before I head into that, I want to just let you guys know a little bit about our church. So before we took over a church in the same region that we live in, we were helping out in a church specifically in the city that we live in. And we would do anything that we needed to. We just wanted to serve there. I was the worship leader there for a couple of years. Mandy would help out wherever she was needed. And then in 2016, we were asked in uh, we were asked if we would pastor a little church about 45 minutes away from where we live in the city where the airport is. And it was really funny because we never spent much time there, but we were asked to come and preach there right before we came home. And me and Mandy rode into the city and we're like, whoa, what a dump. We would never want to live here or serve here. And then probably in three months, we got uh, asked to uh, serve in that city. So the Lord definitely was, uh, he was using that, <laughs> using that there. And so uh, we took that responsibility on after much prayer and it was great. It was successful. The only problem was I, every hat you could imagine basically I or Mandy was wearing and so on a typical Sunday I'd come in and I'd clean the toilets, I'd sweep sometimes, set up the chairs, then I would lead the worship, lead the prayer, I would translate, I would basically do everything and Mandy would watch the kids and then help out with other stuff and it got just super overwhelming for us to the fact to the point where we got burnt out we were going to shut it down and I went to one of my friends here and said hey I think I'm going to shut down the church and he said let's just pray let's just pray and so we prayed for a couple months and in that time there was a pastor up in Istanbul who had been a pastor he's a Turkish guy for over 15 years and over the last couple years up to this point, he had been praying, too, that he wanted to move to our region, to our city, to be closer to his daughter and his grandchildren. And he was praying at the same time. So he came down to visit this area and see if he could get involved with ministries and met one of our mutual friends. And she said, I know the guy that would be perfect for you. And so she uh, had us meet and it was a perfect fit. The Lord is so generous. It's just been such a good thing for him to come in. And every month he preaches three times. And then I preach one time. And I took on more of an associate pastor's worship leader role as he's kind of the lead pastor. And we both basically lead the church together. So that was just such an answered prayer. And as soon as he came, me and Mandy both realized, whoa, this has been our ministry since the beginning, is to put it into another uh, Turkish person's hand and then start taking a back seat and still helping out wherever we can. Well, after he came down, we uh, had been praying together for an associate's pastor to take my place when we were about to come home to the States. Uh, we would have currently been there with you guys. And we said, when I leave, he still needs to take a rest. He can't just be doing every sermon for three months. And so let's pray for an associate's pastor. We started praying. And one day this guy called in and said, hey, I want to meet with you and uh, ask things about the Bible. And so we went to meet, it was uh, two couples, and both couples had gotten a Bible, had read it all the way through. And so me and uh, the other pastor, we show up to evangelize these guys, and they're like, we want to become Christians. We've already read everything. We just have some questions. And it was just so amazing. And ever since that day, me and Metin 
uh, have been just talking about this new believer taking over my spot one day just because he had those giftings. People in other languages could realize he had these giftings, a pastoral gifting and a teaching heart. And so we had just been praying in that, never said anything to him up until about six months before we were supposed to come. So a month, so a year and six months later, we kind of mentioned to him, hey, would you, uh, a, a year up until the six months, and then we said, hey, would you want to take over the position of Josh for three months while he goes back home? And he was just super excited about it. He's been studying the Bible like crazy. Uh, unfortunately, the coronavirus uh, kicked up, as you all know, and we couldn't come home. But since the coronavirus and social distan distancing arose, it basically created the same vacuum that was needed for if we would have come to the state. So they've been doing on the Turkish side live, um, I guess, live videos every day. And he does one of them. And then he, once a month, he... Uh, this other believer, he shares the sermon. And so, again, kind of in that same vein, hey, we're actually seeing our prayers, our heart being developed uh, through our local church that these Turkish believers are taking it over. It's been so amazing to watch. Uh, all of that happening at the same time, Mandy and I, we've always been called to the Turkish people. Not that we don't want an international church, there's nothing wrong with that. Not that uh, we can't do the English stuff, it would actually be a lot easier for us to do that. We've always felt that calling to, to build up the local national church here. But over the last probably year or so, we've had foreigners showing up. When I, uh, English people showing up and people from other nations showing up and wanting to hear stuff in English. And so I would just translate my sermon and it was kind of, they were getting the short end of the stick with that. They still really liked it, but I said, hey, uh, it looks like something's blossoming here that we don't want to take on because we don't want to get burned out again. And uh, praise God, the Lord provided a couple to take on the English side. Mandy does the worship. She does a great job there. Uh, I'll preach whenever they need me to. And that kind of leads back into my book. So once a month, uh, I came back from America and I was just praying, uh, Lord, what book in the Bible do you want me to teach from? Because I like kind of going through books and just, you know, just trucking through books, just getting a book and going verse by verse through it. And uh, I had done that a couple of times. I started praying, Lord, what book now? And I heard the Lord say the whole Bible. And I just was kind of, shocked like the whole bible i can't do that i'll be here forever and then as i started praying to the lord about that he said josh do not assume that these people know what the bible is and so things that we would take for granted you know 66 books 40 authors things that you might not even think about teaching people he's like don't assume that don't assume they know about what the culture is that the bible is written don't assume they even know how the bible is formed i mean uh, it's totally different in a Muslim context. The holy book just kind of flew out of the sky, not to be too too loose there, but it came down. There was no uh, process to it at all. It was just right there, and Muhammad starts re reciting it. And I felt, hey, teach about the process of the Bible coming into fruition and teach those things so that they have this base that they can understand what the Bible is, the context of the Bible, these things that kind of, uh, you know, could get overlooked if I just jumped right in and started 
going verse by verse. And so it took a long time for me to think about that. And then that next month, I had kind of uh, charted a little path of where I wanted to go. And that was like uh, a year, over a year and a half ago. And so every month I've been writing one chapter of what is now a book. And it, I would give it as in a sermonic format. And uh, we've been compiling them all up to be a book basically on how to read the Bible, spiritual beings, and what does God want. And that's probably ever since we took over the church, the overarching thing of what we wanted to teach is what does God want? It's a totally different answer if you ask a Muslim person, what does God want, than what you would get from a Christian worldview. And I wanted to teach that, hey, what does God want? He wants a big family that he's going to share his authority with. That's what we see in the first page of the Bible. It gets messed up. And that's what we see in the middle of the Bible with his own uh, nation. And then that gets messed up. And then that's what we see uh, through the church. And then ultimately at the end of the ages, we see God with his family sharing his authority, uh, giving them the inheritance of the nation. And so that big uh, theme that runs throughout the Bible has been something that's been really close to our heart uh, in teaching every week. Uh, as I said, a lot of things change, uh, especially here, as I'm sure it has with you guys back there. Uh, since the coronavirus popped up, most things went online. And with that, since we have a pastor and an associate's pastor now on the Turkish side, which praise be to God, uh, our pastor the leaders of the english side they got stuck in the uk and so mandy and i have been leading uh, for the last two months the english side of things here and that's been through facebook um, live streams and mandy does the worship on sundays we've had another young lady staying with us who was doing live worship every day and then I have been taking up the prayer slot, and another brother in the Lord has been doing a devotional. So that's more recently what we're doing. And then the last thing that popped up in 2018 in the winter, uh, we were really strapped for cash for the church, and we were using our personal funds to fund our church, and uh, we couldn't even pay the bill. The, um, the rent on the church. I remember just praying, Lord, I'll do anything if we can get some money to pay this bill. And somebody called me up out of the blue and said, are you willing to do a funeral? It was really crazy. Uh, and I said, yeah, I'll do that. It was for a foreigner. Uh, I was supposed to be able to speak uh, German, which I don't, but then they said, yeah, we'll take you anyway. And I ended up doing it. And since then, I've uh, established a relationship with a man who owns uh, a funeral services for expats and not everybody wants a minister there but if they do he calls me and then I go and perform uh, a service for the person who passed away and then that the money that he gives me supports the ministry of the church and so that's something that I've been doing I just did my 15th one yesterday and so that's been just a massive blessing for us, too. And it's been really cool. It's been a good way to get into the expat community here, which is really atheistic. They uh, usually came here on retirement, and they just came here to 
uh, kind of have fun before they die, to be honest. And a lot of them are super anti-religion, anti-church. They've grown up with it and they've rejected it. And so when I do these funerals, it gives me a chance to interact with these people. And I love it. I love evangelizing them and talking with them and spending time with them. Uh, they, I've definitely got the craziest reactions from them. They get really mad. They've yelled at me. They've called me all sorts of names. Um, but I guess that comes with the territory. But definitely way more aggressive than the Turkish people have. We've got an awesome reception from the Turkish people here. They, uh, if even if they disagree, Turkish people are much more. Yeah, we just believe the same thing. It's okay. And so that's been a different aspect of our ministry: being able to speak in English, uh, reach people. They wouldn't call it English, but I'm using English uh, with English speakers. And so that's a lot of the things that we do here. It changes. Uh, again, I'm the worship leader I in our church, and I do sermons at the same time. But uh, it's really strange because I play the guitar, but I don't ever worship in English for people. Uh, if I worship in English, I only do that for myself, but I worship all the time in Turkish in front of people. So it actually kind of scares me to do the English worship, <laughs> but uh, I love doing it in Turkish and it's been a big blessing. So those are a lot of pieces that we do. Uh, we're really uh, blessed over here. Mandy said it. We can't thank everybody enough for their prayers, for their financial support. Uh, we are just so thankful and we really look forward to seeing Cross Fellowship. Uh, your congregation face-to-face -face as soon as possible. We're not sure when that's going to be, but hopefully sometime within this year. I'm hoping that, but uh, I'm optimistic. So, yeah, so um, me in. we try to send out a newsletter every month. I try for every month, but um, roughly that amount of time. Um, we send out updates and prayer requests and things like that. So if you're interested to receive those emails, just um, give Omar your name an email and we'll be happy to add you to that list. So thanks again for letting us share. God bless you guys. Well, thank you church for uh, staying through through their testimony. Uh, why don't you join me in praying for Josh and Mandy and let's pray that the Lord uh, may, may use us uh, in prayer as they labor um, in, in this nation of, of Turkey. Let me pray. Father, um, Thank you for this wonderful couple, Lord. I do pray for their stability, their growth. I ask you for more laborers, Lord, send help to them. And I pray, Lord, that we may be a church that sees the need and, and that, Lord, moves with the need. Uh, I thank you, though, Lord, that, that we want to uh, grow in missions and that we want to grow as a church, not just in our giving, but in our spiritual connection to what you're doing uh, across the globe. Bless our brothers and sisters and uh, in your name. We pray. Amen. Amen.